Hey, what's going on? Jason Bay here. You're listening to Blissful Prospecting. This is a podcast for reps and sales teams who love landing big meetings with their prospects, but hate sending hundreds of cold emails that never get responded to. So if that's ever happened to you or you're managing a team of people who have ever had trouble getting a hold of prospects that, that seemingly don't want to talk to them, you're definitely in the right place. I'm super excited for our podcast today with Mike Adams. He's the founder of Grain.co. And what we're going to be talking about is how to capture coaching moments. Let's get to the episode. One thing that I notice a lot in the work that I do with companies, and especially with sales managers, is that there are a lot of coaching moments that happen in a one-on-one or through Slack, or maybe they even happen in a team call. And the call gets recorded, and maybe it doesn't get recorded, one or the other, but that coaching moment that that manager had with that rep, no one else gets to benefit from that. And I think it's just a huge, huge waste of time and energy to have to re-explain yourself over and over and over again with slightly different context. And that's what the topic of conversation is going to be around today is how do we capture those coaching moments and share them? This episode is going to sound a lot like a Grain.co sponsored episode. (laughs) And I promise you it's not. I'm just a huge fan of the tool. It's super affordable too. And there's going to be a lot of use cases that we walk through and how I use it with companies. And Mike's going to talk a little bit more about how their clients, even outside of sales, are, are using it. We're going to talk a little bit about some other really cool topics too around kind of the bigger picture behind this and how this tool is so much different from a gong or a chorus or a wingman, which I'm a big fan of. And it's going to be really focused on how do we capture those coaching moments. And this tool allows you to do that really easily. One use case I use it for is when I do group coaching calls and I have multiple people in there. If someone asks a really good question, I'll capture it with grain. I don't need to do any editing, nothing like that. And I can send it out to the rest of the group that wasn't on the call and be like, hey, if you're here not interested in a cold call, here's me coaching someone through how to handle that. And I can repurpose it for a bunch of different things. It could be for your playbook, all kinds of stuff. I really believe that as sales leaders and especially sales coaches, right, the managers, the people that, that are working directly with the reps, we need to think more like content creators, more like course creators. How can we prevent having to explain the same thing to multiple people over and over and over again and not allow others to benefit from it? So we're going to be talking a lot about that and a lot about Grain, which I highly recommend you check out. It's Grain.co. It's a really cool Zoom extension that you can use. And before we get to the episode, I want to tell you about Outbound Squad. One of the things that, especially with sales teams, and if you're an individual rep listening to this, that I really believe is that we don't need more sales content. I understand that it might sound kind of weird coming from a guy that creates a lot of sales content, but I really believe that the best reps aren't just sitting there listening to thousands of hours of podcasts and webinars over the course of a year. What they're really good at is picking and dissecting what's going to work for them and what they need right now. So it's really not about how do we get more content, it's how do we get the right content and how we surround ourselves with other top performing folks and how do we get a structure for leveling up in our sales career. That's exactly why I started Outbound Squad is really for people that are looking for a tribe of other top performing sales reps, people that want more from their career that treat it 
like an actual profession. You know, folks looking for structure, folks looking for accountability, people looking to be pushed beyond their potential, and then also getting to surround themselves with other top performing reps as well. If any of that sounds appealing for you, I definitely recommend you reach out and ask about Outbound Squad. It is a paid program. We have some really good reps involved in the program right now. They're getting really great results, both on the outbound side of things and setting more meetings. And we also talk on the closing side of things too, how to close more sales. So if you want world-class training, help from expert coaches, so people like me and, and several other folks and a killer community all wrapped up into one, send me an email, jason at blissfulprospecting.com. Just put squad in the subject line. And if you're a sales leader looking for something like this for your team or you're an individual rep looking for it, send me an email, jason at blissfulprospecting.com. Put the word squad into the email. I guarantee you're not going to find anything else like this out there. You're going to see a lot of different courses and online communities. And of course, there's a ton of sales trainers, but having that all wrapped into one place with the community of top performing reps, you're not going to find anywhere else. I'm very confident in that. So reach out if you're interested. And if you're just here for the free stuff too, that's all good. We're going to get straight to that here in a second. All right, cool. Let's get to the interview. Well, most important question maybe of the podcast, what kind of cereal did you eat? What was in the bowl? Okay, so I don't know if it's from Trader Joe's or somewhere else, but it's a lot okay. like Lucky Charms. But okay, I feel like go. slightly more adult than if it was truly Lucky Charms because there's only two colors of marshmallows and they're not shaped in any interesting way. So I feel a little bit more yeah. grown up, but there are marshmallows in it. So I still have to acknowledge that it was like marshmallow-based cereal. <laughs> That's <laughs> I don't funny. know what I, it's called. I don't know. There's something about eating cereal that just brings me right back to being five or six years old. Cause I, that's like what I mm -hmm. ate growing up with cereal and pop tarts or donuts mm -hmm. or, or whatever. And I, I just, I don't know. I can't believe well, I, I ate some of that I was, stuff. I was going to do DoorDash, but then I just, I don't know. I ended up blowed past my DoorDash window. I, I, I resorted yeah. to cereal. It's been one of those days. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, the way that I came across green was one of my good friends, Scott Sambucci. He runs a sales coaching company. And part of what I do for them is I help coach some of the people in their community on Outbound. And I send these recap videos each mm -hmm. week of, hey, here's what happened. And he's like, hey, you got to check out this tool called Green. It's really cool. You could chop up. You can find these little moments. And I checked it out and I've been a, a big fan ever since then. So I, I'm really curious, though, because we are in a mode, it seems like right now, where people are more comfortable with recording calls. You yeah. know, COVID really made people more comfortable being on virtual calls. Where did the idea for Green like, where did that even come from? Pretty simple backstory, but I just built it for myself. <laughs> like okay, six years, five, five years ago in 2016, I was building an online school and everything is data when it's an online school. All these conversations are an opportunity to help my students to learn better because they can go back to the part of the lecture where they're confused or our admissions committee yeah. make better decisions because they can go back to the reason they made a decision to let someone into the school who turned out to be a bad admit or turned out to be a great admit instead of mm -hmm. just continuing in this ephemeral non-data world. So much of the time that we spend as knowledge workers is in conversation, but none of those conversations are turned into data that can actually be searchable, shareable, and made use of and turned into knowledge. And so it really just was my own need. I said, well, if we're going to do this thing on the back of Zoom, we were doing income share agreements. It was very similar to Lambda School, if you're familiar. It was about a year before Lambda School. 
And uh, we sold to WeWork in 2018. And so by the end of the two years of building that, and I did not want to join WeWork for reasons that became obvious to people about a year after that. Yeah, <laughs> I was <kidding>. like, oh, <laughs> I'm good. I will. Uh, actually, in fact, there's a great story there. I didn't even get the opportunity to join WeWork because the co-founder's wife didn't like me. She just didn't like me at all. And maybe it was oh, wow. my, my BS radar or something. But it ended up being this really weird acquisition thing. And I was like, well, we've built this incredible software for ourselves every team and every company and every school needs to start leveraging this content and this data as more conversations move online. So then the pandemic hits like two years later, we'd already built and started and a year and a half into grain when the pandemic hit. And that just shifted what would have taken say three years of normal progression of things moving from the analog to the digital world. And it moved it all into like three weeks. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah. okay, I guess there's no office anymore. And now as we move back into the normal world, I don't think it's ever going to go back to the way that it was before. The kind of genie's out of the bottle, the cat's out of the bag. And while there will obviously be dramatically more in-person experiences, I think they will mostly be hybrid remote type of experiences where there'll be like one participant who's remote or like half of the people are remote or, or some teams like us are going to stay fully remote. And so grain is kind of been at this trend that turned out to be, you know, uh, accelerated greatly by a pandemic. And I think is still just in the early innings of, of a movement and shift towards unlocking what is traditionally ephemeral, unstructured, conversational data mm -hmm. and turning it into something that's actually useful and can be a form of, of intelligence and power for any kind of team and especially sales teams. I mean, there's so many ways that we can take that, what you said there, but I think that there's so many big pros to having a meeting virtually, even if you do come to the office, you know, a couple times a week or whatever, because it's so much easier to record. You think about all the in-person mm -hmm. meetings, how inconvenient it would be unless you had some sort of video set up or you, or you recorded on your phone. And then what do you do with that? Do you see a trend of even people that are working in the office? Do you think that they're going to do a lot more stuff like this just so they can have it documented, especially when it comes to teaching people, onboarding, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think that as the digital version becomes better than the analog version at certain things, the analog version will always be better at other things like intonation and just general humanity and just feeling like you're connected to someone yeah. and you could, it's just, there's a lot of things that it, analog will be better at, but, but for the things that the digital version is better at, and that's knowledge capture, recording, information sharing, the digital version is always going to be better than that. And chicken scratch notes on your, on your piece of paper, there will be incentives because you're now will feel like you're walking outside of your house without pants. <laughs> you're going to be like, yeah. wait a second, I need this recording because if I don't keep the context of the conversation, then I'm going to feel like it's going to feel weird in the same way that I would feel if I walked out without pants, there's this an essential component of the work that I do. And let's be, you know, like humans didn't always wear pants. At some point we invented pants, right? And then it became weird to not wear pants. And so like this analogy is going kind of in a crazy direction, but <laughs> the grain is like wearing pants and it's like wearing pants for the first time. And, and you can't not wear them anymore because you'd feel really weird and you'd feel like you just are not being at your best self. And so the point being that the digital versions of things are much better than the analog version. And that will add incentive, even a fully in-person experience to just like open up a, a Zoom window or add a recording to an in-person event because you're used to 
being able to share that content with people who are not in the room, we used to be able to go back and, and, and pull out the clips and the content to that conversation and say something important is said. That's the types of benefits that define better. The way I would describe grain is you're almost making it easier for people to like almost create like highlight reels of stuff that happens. And I think that might be a good place to take the conversation. Yeah. And we talked about this before I hit record is really just how people are using it. I can give you an example of how I use it. I mentioned earlier with Scott's group Mm -hmm. what I'm doing. But another thing I see a huge benefit with is these these group coaching that I do where maybe a dozen, couple dozen people hop on board. And in a 90-minute call, there's a dozen or so little nuggets here and there that are three minutes. I'm like, oh my God, the rest of the group that's not here is going to really benefit from this. Or I can turn it into content. Or if I'm a sales manager, I'm really bugging the sales managers I work with. Hey, when you do a one-on-one with someone, one, you better be recorded. (laughs) Two, make it easier for yourself to chop up pieces of that so you can get what I call mileage out of the content so that this be, this coaching moment we're having here in this call, you can share that on Slack or whatever it is. And you could create this library yep. of these learning moments that are so cool. So that's kind of the context for those of you listening that we're kind of thinking about this is how with your sales team or as a sales rep with your clients or the people you're working with, how can you use this? But what are some of the ways that people are using Grain? Even context outside of sales, how are, how are people using it? Yeah, starting with sales, I'd say that it's um, two main buckets. One is information transfer. The more accurate and faster and efficient the transfer information from the client or the customer, especially needs discovery. Okay, you have X number of people on your team, you're in these different locations, whatever the key questions are that you're asking. Grain is an incredible tool for any time you're asking questions and collecting information. If you're talking... You can always go back to it later, but Grain has a real-time annotation layer. Like you install the the software on your desktop or you can always do it on the web too. And what it does is when you ask a question, it gives you a place to take notes that replaces the traditional notepad and adds a timestamp and it'll let you create highlight clips that clip out just the 20 seconds, the 30 seconds, the 15 seconds that are relevant to uh, share. And so the needs discovery and then information transfer is absolutely huge for sales teams, for product teams, especially for customer interviews and research, marketing, especially product marketing, is being able to turn testimonials or moments of, of user feedback into something that can be shared publicly. And it's richer and it's more powerful to convey it in the original medium, as opposed to the traditional game of telephone, where the information transfer gets distorted from you know the first person to the fifth person who hears it. Instead, you just transfer exactly as it happened, and it's faster and more effective to do it that way. I would say the other one is what you were mentioning, which is coaching. And so every conversation is an investment. The most scarce resource and precious resource any human being has is its time, especially any sales organization or really any organization as well as its time. And so if you're repeating yourself constantly, or you're not in the, in the room, or you don't have visibility when there's an opportunity to improve the way that a conversation took place for the future. So it's really these learning moments. Grain provides a way to identify and kind of flag those those coachable moments, either areas that are wonderful examples like, hey, every rep, do it this way, or areas that are some of the more of the gotchas where it's like, maybe we should be trying to avoid this way of saying it for these reasons. You can create a library of of learning content from actual calls 
with relatively minimal effort. And then the on-ramp time for getting new people up to speed dramatically lowers because now there is something to learn from that didn't have to be learning on the job. I think it's important too, because I want to dig into this coaching thing too, where there's a lot of conversational intelligence tools out there. And we've talked Mm -hmm. about them in our previous conversation. You know, your gongs, your chorus AIs, and your wingmans is another one I'm a big fan. This to me has, it fits in a very different category from that. You can use it for call coaching and, you know, things like that. And you can record your sales calls and it's a great use case for that. But those tools are not allowing you to the note capture that you talk about. Like there's literally something here on my screen where I can just type in a little note or capture that like highlight. And I can basically be a content creator, like a videographer, a video editor without having to know how to use any of that software or anything like that. It helps you kind of piece some of those stuff up. Do you want to kind of talk about where do you see this fitting in with all of the other stuff? Because people might be like, well, yeah, I'm already recording videos. I already have that. Like, what's the, what's the deal here with that? Yeah, totally. So there's really a matrix. You can think of it as a two by two matrix. And so on one side, you have the audience, right? Is the audience of this content, of this thing that I'm deemed as worthy of recording, is the audience my team? So it's internal to my company or is the audience external to my company? And then the other one is the source of the information is, is the people who are in this conversation, are they all people who are inside of my team and inside of my company? Or are there a mix of people inside my company and at least one person outside of my company? So as soon as there's at least one person outside of your company, the dynamic of that exchange changes a lot, the permissions, the consent, et cetera. And so generally speaking, where grain gets used the most is in the quadrant of the destination of the content being internal to your company. So you're not sharing this content publicly, although you could, right? With consent, you can clip and share, say, little teasers if you want to turn an interview into a customer testimonial, or you're recording a podcast and you want to turn that into external content. You can use grain for that. Absolutely. But our core audience has been generally when there's a little bit lower of a, like a consent barrier because it's private. It's You've consented to record, but you are keeping the audience of who gets to view that content to a pretty closed loop of just people on my team, right? And there's a lot of reasons or purposes as to why you would share that, but that is the audience. And then generally speaking, it's usually when there's somebody outside of my company that's involved. People use Grain for internal team meetings where there's nobody outside of my company that's on the call. And so if I missed a meeting, I can just jump on and catch the the highlights, not just the full recording, because let's be honest, like we were saying, nobody has no an hour to go that. back. <laughs> yeah, just even not going to do it. Even at two times speed, it doesn't really work. What you really want is like the cliff notes of, okay, the meeting was 60 minutes, but what it was the three minutes that actually matters to me? And so because the real-time annotation, the people who are in the meeting at the time have the ability to take notes on the important moments. Those notes become proxy to the signal of the meeting that you would actually want to get if you're to catch the like cliff notes version, right? And so that core audience for us has been when there's somebody that someone on your team is talking to that's outside your team, like a customer or user, et cetera. And then you're cutting that up, you're compressing it, you're condensing it, and you're sharing it with people inside your team. And that becomes a really easy use case to get started. And then you can expand on use cases outside of that. 
The most fascinating part for me is that all of the things that I would normally recommend to a sales team, things that they do, record, document, this just makes it a heck of a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. And one of the like core things is you're doing the work now. Like if you take yeah. notes during meetings ever, stop taking dumb yeah. notes, start taking smart timestamped contextualized notes that lead back to the moment that you took the note about without having to add any extra effort and can become the reader's digest and be, and can also get synchronized with all the rest of your tools. So you can add those highlight moments to, you know, the candidate record in Salesforce or in HubSpot or wherever you're keeping track of that information. And it's just, it's like you said, I love your phrase from our last conversation. It's mileage. It's like, I'm already spending the time. It's already this scarce research. How do I increase the mileage of the work that I'm already doing to make an impact on the other people on my team so we can perform higher and we can ultimately serve our customers and our users better? To expand on the mileage thing, the kind of mentality that I'm trying to get people in is as a sales manager, think like a course creator. Someone that creates a really good world-class online course Every time they see people asking questions that they don't have content that covers, they put those modules into the course. Mm. So when you start thinking about all the different questions that your team asks you, make sure that you're able to capture some of those answers that you're giving and then put those out into a, it could be as simple as a Google Doc, Mm -hmm. where it's here's an FAQ or some sort of wiki or something. Totally. And by the way, I know we're talking a lot about about grain and and for for those of you listeners, it's not like this crazy expensive tool to use either. There's a free version. There's a version that costs 15 bucks a month, a version that costs 40. I mean, like I, I love how accessible it is for the individual. So if you're thinking my company's not going to invest thousands of dollars into getting a recording tool, like you can start using it right away. You know, it's kind of the thing. That's why I'm just so like on this like grain train. <laughs> uh, well, I like that, the grain train. Uh, and I think, I can talk a little about like why we did it that way, because there's a huge amount of money to be made inside yeah. of say the sales vertical, like Chorus and Gong have proved that they're doing very well. They're very smart companies and they do a lot of intelligence, kind of conversation intelligence that's verticalized specifically within the context of sales. There's some mm-hmm. things that are absolutely done, you know, and will always be done better inside of a highly verticalized tool, but those are also very, very, very expensive tools. They also tend to be, because of their price point, they tend to be purchased and then deployed top down. Grain is kind of the opposite. We're democratized. We're bottom up. Like the end user can sign up for it for free. You can try it out. You can embed it into your workflows. And then at some point you kind of reach the limits of what you can do for free and you pull out your credit card and pay. And it starts at 12 bucks a month for one person. And it's a bottom up version of a lot of the same benefits that you would get from other tools. But one of the other main differences that comes is not only that it's more accessible in terms of price, but also it's privacy focused. We don't have a default to share to a workspace orientation when you sign up for Grain. Instead, it's actually default to private. It's private to you and your workspace and the people who are in your workspace that were on the call. So if you and your sales manager are on the same call, then you both get access to the recording. But if your sales manager isn't on the call with you, then you share the highlights of the recording, you can share the full recording if you want, but it is an explicit and intentional use case. There is the ability to say, actually, I want to just share all of my meetings with the workspace, but that's not how it's set up by default. And that's one of the reasons why it's able to be applied across a bunch of different functional areas 
and that the sales team and the product team and the marketing team can all work inside of the same workspace because everybody's recordings are not just getting dumped into the super noisy and like really kind of radioactive in some ways. If, if everybody's recordings are just getting dumped into one spot, there's a lot of like risk in that. There's a lot of exposure risk and it's, it's a bit scary. So we've taken this approach to say, you and the members of the actual recording who are there in the meeting, you guys get access to it as long as they're a part of the same workspace. Let's say your customer would not get access to it, for example, but you and your, you know, your colleague would. And then from there, you make choices about what you share. And our goal is for you to basically throw away the recording and just share the parts of it that are actually worth sharing. So you can clip out the six clips that you know are 20 seconds each, share the three minutes. I don't know if I did my math there, right? Two minutes. <laughs> share the two minutes as a like highlight reel and then share that thing instead. And so that that orientation, I think, is is something that's a, a bit different than a lot of the existing tools. Yeah. No, I love it, man. If we kind of zoom out a little bit, how do you see like consumption of information in terms of learning? How do you think about that? And the reason why I ask is I'm really fascinated with and a lot of what I see missing, especially on sales teams right now, is with the training and the onboarding, there isn't a process or a thinking or a model in place of how do we onboard and teach people how to do the job in a way mm-hmm. in which they're most like likely to learn and retain the information. No different than like really higher education. You know, they use a, a thing I talk a lot about is a model called format. And it's this really simple why, what, how. You know, why is this important? What do you need to do? How to do it kind of thinking. And a lot of onboarding and sales is very how focused. It's just like say these things, do these things, talk to these people. And there really isn't a why component of it that's like, how do we get these people to really learn so they can be more autonomous, you know, kind of thing? Mm-hmm. I'm just totally. curious, do you how do you think about learning? and how people are learning and has that changed now with all the different technology we have and all the content out there? Is this something that you think about at all? Yeah, I'm going to give you a quick analogy. I recently, about a year ago, signed up for a triathlon. I was like, I am 25 pounds over the weight that I want to be on. The only time I've ever had success in losing weight was when I signed up for a marathon five years before. And so I'd lost yeah. like 20 something pounds and I tried diets. I tried a whole bunch of different things and I'm not you know, terribly overweight, but I, I wanted to lose some weight. And so um, I was like, all right, well, a marathon, I, I'm not super interested in that, but I could try a triathlon. And so I signed up for my first triathlon and then COVID hit, of course. And so I was like, damn it. So I ended up with a lot more time to train before my first race than I was planning on. I was supposed to have about six months. I ended up at about a year. And I did finish my first like half Ironman race back. Uh, it was on May 1st. So it was last month. Cool. Um, and it was awesome. But my, my connection back to your question is I joined the triathlon world and the trading world in a world in a post Strava land, right? Strava is incredible because now I run around with my Apple watch and I have an insane amount of data available to me in terms of my performance, my heart rate, my speed, my cadence, when I'm riding on my bike, also my cadence there, even adding like power, like wattage, I can also add like structured training program. My point is, is that in terms of performance on something like a race, it's really easy because you have a time that you complete that race in and ideally you completed it all. And so 
data that's available to your average person now is not something that was even available to the pros like five, 10 years ago. Yeah. And the same is true for knowledge workers is like the tools that are coming out for the time we spend in conversations or the documentation that we write, they're absolutely opportunities for performance improvement and their game film in particular when it comes to your conversations. And so, for example, you and I had a pre-call for this about three, two and a half weeks ago. Before we jumped back on this call, I rewatched our last call because I wanted to make sure that I was you know, fully aware. And I didn't rewatch the whole thing because it was about a 30 minute call. I kind of skipped around and I found based on my notes, the highlights. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I jogged my memory of about five to six things that we talked about last time that I wanted to make sure that I was fresh on because I had decay. We all have knowledge decay between when something happens and then when we're making use of it. And so it's really a lot of it has to do with performance. And so when you adopt tools for performance improvement, it all ties back to your question about learning because I don't need someone else to even teach me a lot of what I can learn for myself when I can jump in the time machine and go back and watch my performance and see and analyze what happened, how it happened and what I could do to improve. And then I now have a precision way of being able to clip out parts where I thought were great examples or parts where I thought there, there was need for improvement and then get targeted feedback from the scarce resources of my manager to say, hey, how could I have finished, how could I have improved this clip or, or sorry, this pitch or this introduction or this set of questions? And you probably have an idea as the person who's wanting to, to learn and improve of what you can do better. And now you have a mechanism being able to get that feedback from someone else who can guide and, and can coach and help you in your performance. Yeah. You mentioned a really good point there around knowledge decay. I mean, this is the huge problem in sales training or any kind of training in general is that you dump a lot of information on someone and then they don't retain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. The old school and a lot of companies still pay tons of money for this is yeah. you know paying for someone like myself to go in and spend a day with her team, day or two, or even, even if you spend a week on site with someone and then none of the information is retained two weeks later, no one retains anything. And the knowledge decay piece is something kind of interesting to think about. You you said jog your memory. Mm -hmm. How are you creating moments for your team or for yourself where you're kind of jogging your memory and being like, okay, cool. My subconscious is storing all of this information out here that I'm not like bringing into like my day to day. It's there still, you know, and how can you bring something up to kind of jog your memory, so to speak? Well, it's like when in our pre, in our pre-show, we were talking about your favorite movie and you're somewhere back in your, your favorite movie was Forrest Gump and and old school. It just took me to jogging your memory to kind of bring it back up to the top. But that's, that's what it comes down to. I think if we're all to try to perform at our highest level and ultimately meet our quotas and, and, and reach our goals, we have to be using tools to help augment the parts of our brains that are weak. Memory is not one of the strong parts that a knowledge worker needs. And by default is not something that we're going to hold on to because we need to make fresh room for new memories. But if you have an outsourced brain that you can go back to, and, and like I did, I rewatched the call before and I jogged my memory for the six call, six things I, I wanted to talk about, then it's as if I did hold on to it. And there's a certain amount of like Toyota 
just-in-time manufacturing. It's like just-in-time memory. Like, well, I don't really need to hold on to this for forever, but the fact that it still exists means that I have the opportunity to jog my memory, which means it's as if I held on to it for forever and it's effectively the same. I get the benefit from it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And when you think about your brain sort of like a computer in the Mm -hmm. sense that it's just impossible for you to retain all this short-term thinking, you know, long-term, all the stuff that you consume right now, excuse me, long-term in your conscious right now. I've never met anyone, I don't know about you, that has a photographic, you know, memory. <laughs> no. Have not met a single person. You know, to be able to recall that stuff, I think is interesting. What about, just kind of lastly here, I'm just curious with what you see even outside of sales. What do you see the power users you seeing people doing anything cool or creative or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, like it blows my mind every day to see the new use cases of people leveraging, I would say grain, but really what they're leveraging is the content of their conversations and grain is the tool to get yeah. that job done. And so I would say hiring and consultancies are one of the ones that have been really interesting for me. It's not that I was really surprised by them per se, but you yeah. can run a hiring process that leverages recorded conversation that allows each person in the interview process to benefit from the knowledge and the investment, really the information gleaned from the candidate at the prior interactions. And so if I do a phone screen, I can compress that 30 minute phone screen into three minutes worth of highlights as to like why this candidate moved forward. And every person who has the opportunity to interview the candidate next now is able to base their perspective off of just the objective reality of the three minutes that mattered in the phone screen. And so now that isn't something that they have to repeat themselves. So it's a better candidate experience for two reasons. One is that the candidate, yeah, doesn't have to say the same story over and over again. I know as an interviewing candidate, I'd always get annoyed. It's like, did you guys not coordinate in advance? Like, why is everybody asking you the same question? And the answer is because most of the time it wasn't coordinated in advance. But even if it was coordinated in advance, not everybody in the roundtable that's going to make that decision of who gets hired has access to the answers to those questions. So it's kind of logistically necessary without recording that conversation to ask the same questions over again, because I wasn't in the room when you answered it. I just got that maybe even the distilled version, you know, the game of telephone, but it's so much more powerful to hear it from the candidate. And then the other one is it's a better candidate experience because I feel like more fairly evaluated. That's something that we've been hearing from people who use brain for hiring processes is that the candidates end up feeling not like, oh, this is weird because it's being recorded. It's like, no, like this is actually great because I don't have to repeat myself. And I feel like they're seeing the whole me. I have more opportunity to actually share more of my skills, more of what I can bring to the table. And I feel like everybody who's involved in making this decision has the same access to that information instead of it being split up and segmented a bunch of in, a, in front of a bunch of different use cases. And then everybody's kind of going off of like whatever fragment that they had to make that decision. And I don't know that I really feel that it fairly evaluated as a candidate. So that's one use case for us that's been increasingly more popular of why people are using grain. The other one I'll quickly cover has been consultants. A lot of times there's people who are delivering their livelihood, their service, their product, their value over a Zoom call, over a video call. And it's like, you're literally paying me a rate or a fee to talk to you. And if I can turn that service I provide into evergreen content that is custom for the client, for the person who I'm actually giving that information to, 
it actually increases the value of the package that I'm offering, that I'm providing, because instead of me being someone who shows up and gives you a Zoom call and then whatever notes you took and whatever parts of the recording you can remember to go back to, instead, you can get this really curated, uh, distilled down version of the service being provided as a value add to that service. And that's something that we've seen has been a pretty popular use case that I don't know that I would have predicted before we had invented the tool. You know, that's a really good idea. I don't know why I didn't think of using it like that because I've done that for clients, but did it manually. Right. And it kind of required me to go through and do it because the people on my team are not quite as in tune with the delivery of the service and what parts were maybe important in that call. Yeah, that's a really interesting use case too, man. The hiring piece, I think, is so important. This is where sales managers get really bogged down. Yeah. They end up doing a lot of the either sourcing themselves, but they're at least doing a lot of the interviewing. And then being able to tee up their VP or their C-level or whoever else is going to be doing maybe the final round interview and said, hey, dude, when I asked them to role play a cold call with me, here's what it sounded like. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. check, check out this three-minute clip kind of thing. So totally. this is super cool, dude. Uh, is there anything else? Is there anything you see coming up in the next... 6, 12 months, two years, anything like that on the roadmap for you guys that you're thinking about that won't spoil it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I can talk about like both things. One is I think there's a movement afoot that's bigger than grain. I've been talking for two years about the most under-leveraged data source inside of every company, inside of every team is conversational data. Because the recordings usually don't even happen in the first place, and even they do happen, they're trapped and useless. Gartner, back in December, released a report that said by 2025, 75% of all conversations at work will be recorded and analyzed and turned into like meaning and value. Wow. So it's been awesome to see more and more of the world recognizing something that like I, as a weirdo, five years ago decided to do for my online school, and then two years ago, two and a half years ago, turned into a company and a, and, a, and a tool. And in another five years, it's going to feel crazy to be like, why, why did I have so many conversations that just disappeared? It's crazy. Like we all knew about the problem of the telephone game, but like, we just never did anything about it. And so I think that's something that's crazy. And then I would say as far as kind of roadmap stuff for grain, some of the stuff that we're really, really excited about is we think about the problem in terms of two parts. There's capture and then there's share right? Capture the high signal moments and then make sure that those moments get shared with the people who need it. And sometimes that sharing is with yourself, like your future you who goes back and rewatches it. But most of the time it's like someone on your team or it's the market. If it's a customer testimonial and you, and you have the permission to be able to share it publicly, like it's that capture and share. And it's that share part for me that we're going to be spending a lot more time and energy investing in the first couple of, of years of grain we're really focused around like the capture. How do we create an interface that allows you to capture those moments as they happen in real time? And then, you know, you have the opportunity to make use of them, but we're building a layer of integration with the rest of the tools that you work on that makes that sharing and that publishing and the distributing of the information seamless while also preserving your privacy and also preserving your intentionality of making sure that you're not accidentally exposing yourself or, or saying something, you know, sharing something sensitive. It's those two things really working in tandem of capturing and then sharing with intent that we get really excited about because what it does is it unlocks an entirely new way 
of collaborating, of working, of spending our time is I no longer have to attend meetings just out of FOMO. I don't have to like watch over someone's shoulder to be able to coach them. I can coach them, you know, in batch next week when I get all of my, all of the highlight clips together. And so it, yeah. it really does change a lot of the way that we remember, we think, we share, we spend our time. And going back to my pants analogy, it's just like once you've walked around wearing pants, it feels weird not to. Dude, I love it. This has been great, man. Where can people go to check out Green? So we're grain.co. Just bought grain.io the other day. So if you want to go type that in, you can. It'll redirect you to grain.co. I am on Twitter a lot. So I'm twitter.com slash Michael Glenn with one N, A. So Michael Glenn A. And uh, just also my email, just mike at grain.co. I try to make myself super accessible to our customers, to our users, to our community. There's also a grain community. You can join on a Slack group where we talk about these types of uh, new workflows. You can learn how other teams are using grain, um, learn how we internally are using grain. We share out a lot of our own workflows. And so that's a pretty cool community to be part of as well. Really great conversation with Mike. I love this, you know, kind of looking at learning and the data that is captured in recordings and Zoom calls, for example, looking at it as a waste of data, as a monologue form of a recording where we have this video and this audio capture, but we aren't doing anything with it. We aren't capturing anything from it and sharing it. You know, the shareability, I think, is the big thing that I took away. But really appreciate you tuning into the show. Again, definitely recommend you check out grain.co. They got a free plan that you can get started with. I just find all kinds of interesting use cases for it from a coaching standpoint, selling myself and capturing you know, those moments in sales calls and sharing it as well. So go check out green.co and I appreciate you hopping in, checking out the podcast today and we'll see you next time.